this is wonderful. Thank you, Brooklyn. This is a beautiful place. Look at this yeah. place. The Murmur Theater in Brooklyn. How beautiful. This is the Chinwag, by the way. Hello. For everybody who listens to the Chinwag. This is my colleague, Professor Stephen Ozma of Columbia College in Chicago, a doctor of philosophy. Uh, we have a special guest, obviously, here today uh, who needs uh, very little introduction, my friend Paul Rudd. Thank you, sir, for coming. Thank you, Paul. Steve, let me ask you a personal question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a mother, Steve? I do indeed. Fantastic. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, we all do, but I'm sure you're a good son and you love your mother, don't you, Steve? Uh, uh, the best. I'm like legendary. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Well, I got a tip for you. You could really win Mother's Day. Win your mother over on Mother's Day. Cement your reputation as this really good son. Give your mom an Aura digital picture frame. Have you heard of these things, Steve? Yes, I have. They're loaded up with decades of photos. You can just like hook them up to the phone and then you get the photos running through it, kind of scrolling through it. You seen these things? Yeah, they're great. They're really cool. Yeah, and you can get everything. Uh, and pictures of your mom, pictures of whoever, your family, your brothers, all, all these things. Things. They're a wonderful item. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code word ChinwagPod at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This is Paul Giamatti speaking. And this is Stephen Asma. And this episode of Chinwag is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is indeed, Steve. Let me ask you a blunt question. Do you ever feel stuck, Steve? <laughs> I'm serious. Do you ever feel kind of stuck in the mud? Every day, my friend. Yeah. Every damn day. And then what happens is you get overwhelmed because you're kind of stuck, right? True. As I get older, and I am getting older, folks, I may not look it. You may <laughs> think, oh, he's like Dorian Gray. He's going backwards. Yeah, wow. Wow, he's, he's, he's going backwards. I am getting older, folks. It's hard to believe. The thing I notice is how important it is to maintain a balance. You know, I guess you'd call it work-life balance. I don't think I'm alone here, but therapy's helped me do this, this balance. It can help you find equilibrium. It can help you feel more empowered in the decisions you make, the boundaries and priorities you set. It's good in that way. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help. A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sometimes that's hard, right, to find the right person. So this helps. You can change. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash chinwag today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H-E-L-P dot com slash chinwag. So we are here. It's getting to be spooky season, we figure. It's sort of the creepy time, Scorpio season. It's all kind of dark and creepy. So we thought we'd talk about fear yeah. and phobias and things like that and things that, that give us the willies and things. Yeah, the, the, there's a big difference between fear and phobia. And we want to ask Paul uh, sort of what, what were the things that he was afraid of and what are the things that he has phobias about? And fear, we know, is kind of rational. You know, you've been bitten by a dog, you're going to be afraid of it. You're afraid of crashing planes and so forth. But phobia is, like, more irrational and more strange and more debilitating. 
So I never even thought of the difference, doctor. Thank you. Already do, learned do general fears ever morph into phobias? I sometimes think about when I was young, I had really intense fears. They can start as a, a normal fear, but then it sort of spirals out of control and you can't stop thinking about it. And you used to be able to function in your life, but then the clown thing means... <laughs> the clown thing. Oh, shit, the clown thing. Oh, but my question is, if you're that little, how can you tell? You don't know if it's rational. You're not thinking to yourself. It's right. always irrational yeah. when you're that little, right? I was very afraid of bugs when I was a kid. And, I mean, to the point that anything I even thought looked like a bug made me just shit my pants. And I had to be... And actually, one time, I didn't shit my pants, but I had to be, I had to be slowly lowered into a warm bath in order to relax my body. Because I got into right? a kind of rictus of fear when I saw something like brown. It wasn't even a bug. I don't know what it was, but I thought it was a bug. So at that... <laughs> okay. Um, but at that point, you don't know. I mean, at that point, it's always irrational, kind of, when you're that Yeah, little. the first two dreams, I think I, I can never really remember. My first memories of nightmares, one involved a, a, somebody, like a skeleton kind of thing. It was very, very tall. Right. It was sitting, that was hanging at the edge of, edge of my bed, which sounds scary as I describe it. Yeah. And then the other one I had was I was at a grocery store <laughs> and my mom was buying a carton of eggs or there's a carton of eggs going through the aisle and I knew that I couldn't turn the carton of eggs over because on on the underside was Frankenstein's face. <laughs> On the underside of the carton of, the of eggs. Of the carton of eggs. So I was like, I'm not touching it. Uh, <laughs> was, this a a more... was this a recurring nightmare? Uh, that wasn't, no, that was not a recurring nightmare. I did have a recurring nightmare. The recurring nightmare always happened in a grocery store, actually. Interesting. Um, and I understand why I had that recurring nightmare, oh. which was when I was in uh, first grade, I was invited to a birthday party, this kid Curtis, and his mom took all, <laughs> a, our, kind of all the boys from the class to a park, and we were all playing, um, and I was, uh, I was like, they had an old caboose, like a train I'm playing on, I was looking around, I'm like, where is everybody from the party, all my friends? And oh, I realized like, no one was there. Oh, wow. And uh, like, uh, I don't know anybody. And then I started crying. Yeah. And some nice woman came over to me and said, I, uh, is everything okay? I said, I'm, I was at a birthday party and everyone left. And so she was able to, I, I, she called my mom. My mom then called the woman who was having the birthday party for Curtis, Curtis's yeah. mom, uh -huh. who realized they forgot to, they just left me there. And so she came back, picked me up, and like, dad came back, they took me back to the party, and I got to have cake, and I was like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And all the kids were like, how are you doing? That's insane. And, um, and then that, that night, at about three in the morning, I woke up panicked, crying that I had been left at a park, and my mom... <laughs> my mom called Curtis's mom yeah. at three in the morning, and she said, I just want you to know that it's, um, my son just woke up crying and, uh, because he had a dream that he was left in a park. And I just want you to know, we obviously woke up. So every time he wakes up crying from this dream, I'm going to call you <laughs> and let you know because you made this happen. Because um, you did that. That's my mom in a nutshell. Um, but I used to have a dream then where I would go to the grocery store with my mom and I always got left there. Ah. And I would see her, I remember looking out the window and seeing the car drive away, 
And I'm like, great, now I'm going to have to sleep at the grocery wow, store. Wow, that's intense. That was a, that was a recurring dream. That's Why the grocery store? I wonder, I well... It's when you're five, your world no, is the grocery yeah. store. I mean, there's... Well, that's places. what I mean. Everything can be menacing. Even the grocery store can be menacing. Yeah. But it's I creepy. had, uh, around that time, I had fears that were so intense that um, in my room, I mean, I think the first, it, the first uh, kind of incarnation of it is I had two p paintings on my wall. Uh -huh. They were black velvet paintings. <laughs> Really? Yeah. How they old were, are you? They, were not, like... they weren't super high quality. <laughs> I would I would think not. What? I mean, no. one was of Charlie Brown and oh, one weird. was of Snoopy. Uh huh. And the one of Snoopy was okay because uh -huh. it looked like oh. Snoopy. Oh no. But the one of Charlie Brown didn't really look like Charlie <laughs> right, Brown. Just like mutant and Charlie <laughs> Brown. Yeah. And I found that terrifying. <laughs> so that first thing was like. You got to take the picture of Charlie Brown out of my room. Give it to my sister. Put that one in her room. She's three. She won't care. Uh, and and it's like I know we're splitting them up, Snoopy and Charlie Brown. But then eventually that was like, okay, now you got to get rid of Snoopy. Now you got to get rid of the desk that's in the corner of my room because it's making weird shadows. And then it turned into uh, a phase where. I had to have every single thing out of my room, and I only had a bed. Everything was empty. Really? Just empty. I was oh. like a, it was like a cell. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a, and that was pencil. better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then it started me on a tear, truly a tear of really intense fears. And I think that, you know, you talked about the clown fear. Um, Do you I, have, did you have that as a child? I had a clown fear. I think I had a fear of toys and just things that didn't oh. look Right. Uh -huh. It's the uncanny thing. It's, it's like uncanny. that thing of Charlie yeah. Brown. It didn't What's look like, yeah, totally looked like Char uncanny. Charlie Brown. And, you know, I loved the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I really loved it. And I was a little freaked out, but I was okay at the end with the, you know, the, the guy that <laughs> yeah, comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was um, you know, because it's like, yeah, I could tell it was a guy. Animate, a, yeah, it was like right, it wasn't electric real. And, and, yeah. Um, but all of the little Martians that came out yeah. and they were all in shadow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought was, that was a little unsettling. Yeah. I had a book that had about Close Encounters and it had pictures. You could see what those, all the other ones looked oh, like. Weird. Oh, weird. But up a little uh, closer, a little bit in more detail. And they were just terrible costumes. Yeah. <laughs> of, like kids in these things, but right. like, the eyes were sewn on and, and that... Uh, Did that freak you out more? Really freaked me right, out. Right, yeah. yeah. I got very scared yeah. about that. Yes. And then it really culminated, not that long after that, I was at a drive-in movie theater, seeing uh -huh. a double Always. bill of Smokey and the Bandit and Hooper. Oh, nice. classic. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. Burt Reynolds, yeah. double whammy. <laughs> yep. And uh, in between, they showed, <laughs> they showed previews, and I remember watching, they had a preview for a movie called Magic. Oh, oh yeah, okay. and Hopkins, right? with Anthony Hopkins, and I oh, it came on. I'm like, yeah. ooh, I don't like the way that puppet looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And um, I'm like, oh god, uh, uh. And then I turned around. I would, and my again, my mom who was said, it's okay, you don't have to watch it. It's fine. I'll, we, we, I'll tell you when it's over. And I did it. I went back. It was over. <laughs> I didn't look at it again. And I think I, I think I woke up again that night thinking about it. And a couple weeks later, I was in my parents' room 
uh, watching Barney Miller on a small black and white TV. <laughs> and I'm just on the bed, they're downstairs, and uh, all of a sudden, the, it was a commercial, and then, hocus pocus, and I they had the oh, puppet's God. face. He was talking, and I went, hi. Oh, I, I ran downstairs and was so uh, scared that I saw it, and my dad said, well, all right, we'll go up and at least go turn off the TV if you're not gonna stay up there. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going back up there. <laughs> and, and so he was mad. He, I can't calm down. I am crying and crying, and I see a magazine of like Newsweek, and in the corner of Newsweek is a little picture of from Close Encounters of just the boy Barry who opened the door, and you could see the orange yeah, uh, outside yeah, yeah. of the lights. And that just triggered me to remember the things in the magazine. And I got so insane that, that my mom slapped me across, like had to slap like me to snap out of, it. Snap out of it. And then the next day took me to a therapist. Oh, <laughs> holy cow. Yeah. You were spiraling. You spiraling. Were, yeah. Because then in the other one, there was another movie around that time, a little bit earlier, uh, like a CBS movie of the week kind of called I yeah. Somebody knows it. I remember that. <laughs> With Dirk Benedict. Was it a snake picture? Was it, was it like a giant? I think Struther Martin or something. Struther Martin. Howard or something. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. But it's like, yeah, she, this guy is turning <laughs> people into snakes. He has a thing with snakes. And, there's, and this girl who's ex-boyfriend all of a sudden vanished. She goes to like a freak show or something. And then she sees him in a glass box and oh my he's God. like oh. <laughs> and he's crying and she's like oh. and I'm like this is too much and I again woke up and I had to sleep with my parents and um and I had did, did the shrink help at all did yeah, it do anything that, that's what I, think. I, I don't I, I don't know it lasted a long time really um <laughs> because then, and then it turned into like diseases and uh -huh. uh, like neuro germs and stuff. Were you like a germaphobe the, as a child? Not so much germs, but like deformity, things oh, in the yeah, faces, uh -huh. sure. and yeah. things that don't look right. Yeah. The puppet didn't look right. There was something. Yes. I got yeah. very, very yes. uh, scared by this. Stuff. Th there's a kind of uh, therapy that psychologists will do which is a kind of exposure therapy when you're like afraid yeah, like this. Yeah, you sort of like, yeah. You just give little doses, but you were so bound up with all these different, like if it's tarantulas or spiders, you can just show somebody a spider across the room for five minutes and you come back next week. Yeah. But you had a lot going on there. Well, it's like, just, like, there, there's the, the exposure therapy is fascinating because, like, what do you do with the clown phobia right. if it's exposure therapy? Yeah, you guess, lock somebody in a room with, like, three clowns for eight hours, <laughs> yeah, and you just fucking one balloon, you shove them balloons. in a clown car, and that's it? They just let them get driven but off? But there is something, there is there something some way you that, deal with that kind of draws you to it. You know, I would, I would... We draws had, you to the thing we, you're afraid we had of. HBO, like, I loved Close Encounters, yeah. but I'm, like, I'm not, I don't want to deal with those things. But, like, we'd have HBO, and it's like, okay, Magic might be, um, yeah. might be a movie uh, this, this month. And the guide would show up, and I would always, like, <laughs> look to see in the contents, and I would never, like, page 13, I'll never <laughs> turn to that. Yeah. Uh, but you I couldn't look away, I won't, yeah. But I, but I would always kind of be drawn to it. Yeah, yeah. But, um... I would never look through it. Really. You're reminding me of something that I have not thought of in ages because of that weird sort of thing. I dream of Jeannie 
the show I Dream of Jeannie. You ever had that kind of animated, the beginning where she was all kind of like dancing around? She comes out of the bottle and everything. She would get sucked back into the bottle at the end. And she would kind of go, and she would kind of get like sucked into the bottle. It scared the shit out of me when she would get sucked into the bottle. And I would, and, but I would wait for it every time, just like <laughs> any second she's going to get sucked back into the bottle. And it was fucking terrifying to me. And, and, and I, but I couldn't not watch it. Watch it. I had yeah. to watch Also, I loved I Dream of Jeannie. I mean, you know, it was fantastic. Was, but was I would wait for that moment because it scared the crap out of me. But I don't know what was scaring me. Because she looked distorted? Because she was getting like... Uh, there's an experiment that Darwin did in the monkey house. Follow me on this. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he basically brought like a fake snake in a bag and he would put it in the monkey house in the zoo. And the monkeys are terrified. They would go and they would look and then they would run away. But then they would slowly all come back and keep looking and then running away. So there is something like you're repulsed by it and afraid, but you're also attracted to it. That's it seems to be part of the... Is it, do you think it, st it, it just stems with a, a desire to conquer our fears? It might be. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows exactly. Or, but is, it, or is it like releasing something chemical in our brains that we, yeah, we kind of Yeah, it's like. a thrill ride for the brain. The, yeah. Like, it basically releases all this. There's a woman who has no fear in California. They call her SM by her initials, and she has damage to her amygdala. And you can take her to a haunted house... And she, she gets aroused, not, wait, hold on, aroused. Oh, wait, whoa, wrong, wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the wrong word. She gets excited. <laughs> or the wrong haunted house. <laughs> and, but, but she's not afraid. She, she's, she's excited, but she's not afraid. So there must be something in the brain that, like, is both drawing you to it and also making you think, like, this could kill you. Be aware of it and that it's adaptive so you survive better. Like, this shit can, if you're... If you err on the side of fear, you're going to live longer. And so that may have evolved yeah. that way. She has no fear of anything. Like you could, you, just nothing. Yeah, she would like walk down alleys and get, you know, like in all kinds of trouble because she has no sense that this is going to be dangerous. That's so weird. I'm always like heights. I, I, I recently, I, I just went up, I had to go up. We were in Italy and we went up in a tower to go look at the top of it. And, and my girlfriend was getting freaked out. And I thought, is there anybody who is really completely okay? I mean, there, it, it seems like it's a very small number of people who are generally not afraid of heights. Because I feel like everybody's a little afraid of them, right? I mean, like, who's okay with sharks, really? Like, a small group of people are okay with sharks. You know, it's not like everybody's okay with it. It's, it's, so it's strange. How are some people not? I don't get it. You know, did you see that movie Free Solo? No, I haven't, but that's the guy who can climb those so fucking Alex things. So Alex Honnold has, I think the most interesting part of that uh, film was when they were looking at the study of his brain yeah. He's doing things that no one would ever do, and you think it's so terrifying, but the part of his brain that would light up that would give him kind of pleasure or feeling is kind of in these moments. A pleasure from those moments of hanging The most treacherous, yeah, it's like you feel calm. Or like those guys that do the cave diving, uh -huh. you know, that save those kids. Yes. Like those, that they study their brains, and then, you know, they get a charge from it. 99% of the population would panic in a certain totally. situation is the one part where they actually calm down, where they yeah. feel yeah. Uh, not scared. It's neurodiversity, I think. It's just different kinds of brains. I think that's right. Well, I, I'm not, I'm like the opposite of whatever claustrophobic is. I'm claustrophilic. Like, I like it. You I like, like being, tight spaces? Just shut me in the closet, I'm fine. Turn really? the lights out, I'm good. I'll be in the closet. It's like, you know, I, I kind of like being in enclosed spaces. It makes me feel comfortable. And I don't, it's obviously setting off some kind of 
I don't know. Is it like being swaddled like as a baby or something? Do you have one like of those that? weighted blankets that like make you feel like you're... I under- don't have the weighted blankets, but I'd like to get a weighted blanket. If anybody wants to get me a weighted blanket, <laughs> either one of you guys, for the holidays, that would be nice. If somebody wants to get me a weighted ball, you, if you... Now ever- I know. <laughs> Christmas is right around the corner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. Have you ever had to do like a facial cast? Like a ca- I love it. You do. I love it. <laughs> when, I, when you have to get prosthetics made, I'm like, they're just like, they're just slapping that stuff on. They stick straws up your nose, and I, I get relaxed. I get incredibly That's relaxed. So interesting. And most people do not like that. I, I never, I never imagined really myself to be claustrophobic per se, but. I got that thing. What they do is they, yeah, they put kind of plaster on your head and you cover your eyes and it gets heavier and heavier and you have to stay there for 30 minutes and you have a straw so you can breathe and as it kind of compresses... It warms like, up. It gets hotter, too, as it, wait, as it movie, dries. What movie was this for you guys? Um, I had to just do, I had to do it for a, a movie called the, the Shape of Things. Shape of Things. And, uh, and, and so this the cast for my face, it was like, oh, I don't, I, I just want to rip it off. I just want to take you this did, off. And did you like wearing them or did you not like wearing them? Well, I mean, they were just like pieces. Yeah. So that, that, I had no problem with that. But it, was, it, it isn't putting the pieces on or even wearing that. It's just... The molding. It's, um, it's, it's putting the, the cast on your head. Yeah. I had to do it for a Planet of the Apes movie. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. My whole body was basically done. My feet, my hands, my shoulders, my head, and You were stuff. an orangutan? Or a- I was an orangutan, yes. Sadly, I was an orangutan. I, I really wanted... When I, I, this is a little Hollywood story here. When, I, when they first came to me with this job, I remember my agents were like, do you really want to have your face covered like that? People can't see your face. Maybe we should tell them you want to be a human being. And I was like, if you tell these fucking people I want to be a human being in the Planet of the Apes, I'll fire all of you. <laughs> I was like, who wants to be the human being? Who wants to be Charlton Heston? Nobody wants. Who wants to be the human? But that was supposed to be an albino gorilla. But for some reason, that didn't work out, and I had to be an orangutan, which was okay, you know. And I and they were like, you know, your face actually suits an orangutan. More. <laughs> And I was like, thank you very much. But, uh, and, and it was okay. And I was the comic orangutan, so that was okay. I got to do the comic. But I loved wearing them. 
actually. I never wanted to take them off. I, would, I was like, I, you know, there's those days you get called in and they put you in all that shit and they don't use you. I was happy as a clam. I didn't give a shit. I just wanted to stay in this stuff. I was like, can I stay in it all the time? But what's interesting is it's kind of exhausting to wear. It's tiring, actually. It's like you feel it on your face and yeah, stuff yeah. like well, that. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say the swaddling or the compression. Yeah. I was, I had, I just thought of this thing that when I was, I think I was in my like third or fourth grade, I was riding my bike, I went over to my friend's house to see if he was just there to kind of like, if he, wanted, if he was around, he wanted to play, and I rode my bike to his house, and it, he wasn't there, but his little brother, uh, Trayman, was in the, it was in the- Trayman? Trayman Stampley. <laughs> Sam Stampley was gone, but tr his little brother, Trayman Stampley, who was about this big, uh, was at home, and, uh, and so I'm like, how's it going, Trayman? He's like, it's good. Um, like, what are you doing, nothing, you wanna play? Okay, what should we do? He goes, you want to do this? And they had a couch, like a pull-out couch, like yeah. a sofa. And he goes, sometimes it's fun to get in and then oh, no. fold up the couch and then put the couch back oh, in. No. Oh, you, you want to do it? And I said, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. So I got in the bed and he folded it up and he put it in oh. and I'm like, <laughs> and, and I'm smushing. It's like really hard to breathe. I said, okay, now, now um, okay, take me out now. And he goes, mm, oh, I can't. Stuck. Because <laughs> he was super small. And he goes, I can't. It's too heavy. And, um, and I'm like, well, how go. old were you? How, uh, you I were was like... probably in my third grade. Okay. Uh, uh, old enough to like, yeah. no, no better yeah, to get into totally. a yeah. sofa bed yeah. with only Trayman Stampley in the garage. <laughs> and, uh, and so he, he goes, I go, get somebody. He goes, I'm the only one home. Because <laughs> it's just me. I'm like, go get a, go get a, a, go neighbor? Get a neighbor. So he, uh, he goes out, he's like trying to knock on doors. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, there's a little crack of air in the corner, and I'm going. That's true. Could you breathe? Are they trying to get my mouth to the thing? And it's I'm in it for like five minutes. Draymond's not coming back. He can't find it, and he comes. He comes back. He's like, nobody's uh, next door. And now I'm starting to be like, I don't like this, Draymond. Yeah, like, when is your mom? When's your mom? He goes, my mom is home, but she's sleeping. Oh. <laughs> And I said, go, go wake her up. <laughs> and he said, she told me not to wake her up. Oh. I'm like, Draymond, go wake her yeah. up. <laughs> She's going to get mad. <laughs> like, wake her up. So he goes up, and then I'm waiting there for another 30 seconds, and all of a sudden, whoosh, <laughs> flew out of the thing, and Draymond's mom opened it and started screaming, screaming at him. She goes, I have told you so many times, Draymond. <laughs> and like, that, uh, that apparently he'd done that before. <laughs> Not to do it. And, um, Unbelievable. And maybe that started my fear of being close. Maybe that I don't kind like of fast. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it has that kind of starting point, some of those things like that, if it's just that kind of shit. It's astonishing we're not dead with all the things that, all the crazy shit that happens. It absolutely is. Absolutely crazy. Now, I, I remember uh, actually rappelling off the back of a football stadium because <laughs> in the middle of the night, high as a kite, 
because my friend said, this is going to be fun. This is going to be awesome. Repelling off the back of a football stadium? Yeah, and Why? I had never repelled before. He's like, just hold the rope here. It'll be fun. Oh, I know. I had somebody do that to me. I had somebody, I was in college, they were like, we're going to go out with the rock climbing club. You want to yeah. come? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I've never climbed anything in my life. I mean, you know, it's like... And so we went out and did this sort of easy little climb, and then we, easy enough. I was like, okay, I can make it up there like this. And I got to the top, and then they were like, now you gotta repel. Now you have to, and I was like, what, is, what does that mean, repelling? And they're like, you just kind of run the thing up between your legs. I'm like, the rope goes between my legs. And they're like, now you just lean out. And I was like, fuck this, no way, I'm not doing this. And they were like, no, you just, all you have to do is trust yourself. I was like, I do not trust myself. Yeah. You don't know me. I don't trust myself at all to let myself down easily. Uh, anyway, they had to kind of tie the thing under me and lower me down, which was humiliating, but much better than me fucking killing myself. But I hate that kind of thing where people just assume you can do something like that. Well, but we were talking backstage about the childhoods we had were much more dangerous, we think, than kids nowadays. Does that sound right to you guys? Like, I wonder if it's actually... I mean, No seatbelts, uh, you know... No speed bumps? Is that what you said? No, no seat belts. No seat belts, that's true. Yeah. Things just didn't have seat belts, I don't think. Yeah, and you wandered around, you were free range, like, and got into all kinds of trouble. Yeah. Now, you know, people, now kids, like, everybody's too afraid. I get it. There's reasons for that. But are parents overly frightened? Are they having a phobia about their kids' safety? Are we overly thinking it? Or, you know, is it a more dangerous time? It's an interesting question. Or the way we just even kind of, I don't know, I, uh, like, yeah, with the whole seatbelt thing, and we would drive in the car, and behind the back seat, yeah. we used to call it the shelf. <laughs> and my sister would sleep on the back seat, and I'd get up on the shelf on the right shelf. behind the glass, and I'd just go to sleep. And so if anyone's driving behind us, there's just a kid in the back window. <laughs> yeah. the car. Yeah. But it's like... That happened, it's like, oh, if you slam on the brakes, like, what? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. my sister. The, the number of times I got catapulted over the front yeah. seat, because I'd be hanging over the front seat, yakking at my mother, who's like smoking out the window and yeah. driving. And I'm like, me, 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 me. And she would hit the brake, and I would fucking catapult over the front seat and land down in the footwell. Because, I, I mean, insane, the shit that would go on. Absolutely insane. So that clearly, like, it makes total sense that that is a that is dangerous. My parents smoking cigarettes, like windows, like smoking, all rolled up. And it's yeah. all like, okay, this isn't safe. But then I really wanted to play football. And my mom said, no, you can't, your bones are growing. <laughs> and I was not allowed to play football. So certainly she was protective in yeah. some ways, but in other ways, uh, you, it wouldn't even cross your mind that yeah. that might be dangerous. Well, I, I lived in China for a while, and I would say this is maybe 10 years ago, and there it felt like, now it's probably different, but 10 years ago it felt like the 1970s here. Everything, there was no sort of government control on any, and this is not a good way to live because you don't know what's in your food, you don't know whether, you know, the, at that time they were like, is the baby milk safe formula to feed kids? So I get it, you know, we're, in a, we're living in a much better and a safer world, but also my son... Uh, he's never been in a fight, and maybe that's good, but I also worry, like, maybe it's good for your character to sometimes get in a fight when you're little. Fighting. Right? 
wasn't good for my character. I fought a lot. I used to fight, which is, astonishes me when I think about it, that I fought a lot, because I'm such a coward now. I mean, I'm, I'm a terrible coward. I think you'd I be never... a scrapper in a fight. I think I you was would... not scrap. I mean, I wouldn't start the fights, but I was, if somebody wanted to fight, I was, I was fine with it. God, I, that's, I wish I was you. That's so cool. I guess it was, but it was like I just wasn't afraid to do that. That's what's weird. Like, I was terrified of bugs, but some things I wasn't afraid of at all. Have you ever had stage fright or, or that performance anxiety when you're acting? Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that like the, the, the recurring, the other recurring dream that I have that I will uh -huh. still have, which is I think m almost all actors yes. I've talked to have had is it's uh, opening night, you're doing a play yeah. and it's like, oh my God, I've never even read this script. I have to memorize the entire play, <laughs> yes. and it and I have an hour, yeah. and but I don't even know what. And, but and it's gonna happen. I ha I'm going on. Yeah. And, um, uh, or you get the script and it's like huge. It's endless, it's, and you're like, and where you're the like, fuck there's no. How part? am I gonna do this? So, <laughs> and so there's like that kind of panic. Yeah. Um, the, it's funny. Like when I think back, I really, I really liked the idea, of. Um, kind of performance, a speech class when I, in school, I thought like, oh, that sounds fun. I loved watching stand-up comedians and I thought, oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. To, to, and so um, that whole thing about public speaking didn't strike me in the same way that I think it's, it, it did a, a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, and I'll, I've done plays and all that, but and it doesn't really bother me, but I do get nervous, obviously, yeah. before a first... Um, That's interesting. I actually don't... If I have to, like, get up and be like, make a toast, I'm, like, absolutely frozen with fear if I really? have to do something like that. Yeah, no, something like that. Get up and make, like, a little speech at the... You know, I, I, it absolutely scares the hell out of me. But if I have to walk around dressed like an orangutan and get dropped out of a tree <laughs> and shit like that, I don't have a problem with that. It's very strange, but, but simple things like that can absolutely terrify me. That's Completely. a, that's a but, universal but, fear, is pub, public speaking is one of the most frightening things for human beings. It's, it's a like, general sort of phobia yeah, for spiders, people? it's spiders, snakes, the, the dark, and I think public speaking is like Public right speaking. Uh, yeah, it, well, it, it, it scares the crap out of me. But, but, but stage fright is like a really particular thing that I don't think I've ever experienced because, I mean, I've had that, that feeling of like nervousness or, oh my God, I don't want to have to do this again. You know, like you have to do a big, crazy, long show and you have to do it twice in the day and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? But stage fright is apparently literally you cannot walk out there. Right. You literally cannot stand out there. And I have to, that's a really strange thing and I don't understand what it is either. And some great actors have, like suffered from it. Lawrence Olivier and shit like that. But he, he, couldn't, he couldn't go out there. But you've never had that kind of thing. I also think it's, with, with him clearly was, it probably went in phases where it just kind of kicked in at some point, right? I mean, he didn't have it all right. the time. Yeah. It was like, he, he, it, didn't it happen like in the middle of his career? It and did, then I think it happened it in the middle of something. Yeah, whereas I always actually kind of found when something went wrong or something, or I, got, or I went up on a line, it, it kind of excited me. I got kind of excited that something gone wrong and it suddenly makes the whole thing feel new again or something, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it reinvents it. It's funny you said it, because I just, I, have a, I happen to have some research here. I did some research. And 
you just reminded me with public speaking, there is, I have a list of different phobias here. Oh, let's which, hear them. But wait, there's some of them that, really, though, wait, Paul, but wait. this one is interesting. Paul, what is your phobia? Which one? My, I have, my, like, Yeah, your personal phobia. Right now, do I have a phobia of any kind? Yeah, do I don't do really you? know that I, well, I'm not fond of dogs, but okay. I'm not phobic about dogs. I think you're really? looking at me. Yeah, you're looking at me. Everyone like, in there's a I know, really. Everybody's going to be like, that's the most un-American thing I could say. I realize, and it's controversial. But I'm not. If there's something, I still feel I'm not phobic about them, but I'm not hugely comfortable around dogs. Did you ever have an experience as a kid? I had several experiences as a kid, and 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 I felt like dogs. There were frequently some menacing dog experiences. Uh, I remember, too, when I was a child uh, on the Jersey Shore, I was telling you guys that we went down there. A dog urinated on my leg once, <laughs> and that was off-putting. And <laughs> off-putting. <but laughs> oh, that put okay? me off dogs for a little while. This kid, these kids had a dog. We were, we were over watching, like, you know, What's Happening or something on, on TV, and they had this little white dog, and it was, it, I didn't like how yappy it was. I didn't like the little ones especially. I, didn't, I wasn't terribly fond of and it just kept jumping up and down on me, and eventually it just released on my leg and just urinated all over my leg. So I'm not terribly fond of dogs, but and they make me nervous. Um, cats don't. I love cats. Again, I couldn't be more un-American right now than saying I prefer cats. No, there's a cats. lot of cat people uh, here, I'm sure. Other cat people here? Yeah, I th if I have anything that feels slightly like that, but I wouldn't call it phobic. What about rats? Mm. Yes. Again, I'm like, is anybody good with rats? I mean, I suppose there's some well, people. Well, I think who there's are okay like some people. And they're, uh, so they're like, eh, whatever. But then. Uh, well, but I, rats I, I, is like. I'm really feel, scared of. Well, them. I feel like a fear of rats is like you're fucking covered in rats. You know what I mean? Like, if you go somewhere well, and it's who like. Who gets covered yeah, with just, rats? What you the know fuck? what I mean? Like that's. I feel like that's what that's what would really make one rat is gonna not. I'm not gonna be fond of one rat running around. <laughs> like if you're walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. And one just goes <laughs> right past you. I mean, it's startling. It's definitely startling. But, but am I, would I be really afraid of one if you, like, held one in my face? No. But a whole bunch like of them, if I'm covered in rats, that's going to be a <laughs> like, problem. You've seen Creep Show? You're in a room with, like... In, uh, uh, cockroaches, I'm not fond Cockro of. Cockroaches uh. are really, like, people hate them. That was yeah. the thing in Creep Show, right? E.G. Marshall? Was yes, I think that's right. Cockroaches are disgusting, and I don't like cockroaches. But it's interesting to me. What if I had to, in a movie, be immersed in a tub of cockroaches? And you know what? I bet I'd be like, yeah, you bet. <laughs> I think you would. I think I would. It's a weird thing because it's a controlled environment. It's a and you know there's a cockroach wrangler. So yes. you know. <laughs> there are. You know, there are. You yeah. know that it's like, these are professional cockroaches. <laughs> there are. And what they do to the insects, there's cockroach. There's like, I, I worked with a butterfly wrangler one time. And a fly wrangler just flies. But you know what they do? <laughs> That's you know somebody's they do job. I know. A fly wrangler. You know what they do to them, though, and it's and it's and I and I suppose it's not cruel, but they 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 make them really cold. So they take all the flies and they put them in a, like a little cold thing, so they get kind of dopey, so they can't fly around. And the butterfly was really like trying to fly, but it couldn't really because they kind of made it a little cold, which I, I I don't think is cruel because it'll warm up eventually, but. But, but, but cockroaches, I imagine, they probably, they probably get a bunch of cockroaches and, and put them in a freezer and then dump them all over you. Yeah, like in, in that movie, they had a lot of cockroaches. A lot of cockroaches. They and definitely that, did. 
Yeah. But, that's but I think it's interesting. Yeah, I do think yeah. that if you're, you yeah. lose that fear once you. But also, there's a kind of adrenalized thing, and there's this sense of like, yeah, this will be really crazy. There's, there is something about when it's in a movie, and when you, yeah. I know that on when, when we were uh, shooting Anchorman, at the end of Anchorman, we had, there were a bunch of bears <laughs> in the bear pit. And uh, so we were like, okay, we're going to be working with some bears. Uh -huh. And uh, the, the bear wrangler, uh, trainer, said, you know, they just had strings along the side. It's just like a string. But to the bear, that might be electrified, so they don't cross the strings. Oh. And, they, and they're very tame, like this, these bears had worked in lots of movies, and uh, <laughs> more than any of us. Probably. And, uh, probably. And, uh, and I remember the trainer said, like, you guys, are, they've been in this movie, you know, this is like Channel <laughs> yeah. 10, and this, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and yeah, it's yeah. great, they know exactly, you know, they're not gonna cross these lines. They're uh, sweet, they, they understand camera angles. Yeah, too. totally, and totally, and totally, and totally. And we're all like, uh, okay, okay, and, and, then she, and then at the end she goes, however, keep in mind, these are real bears. <laughs> and all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, and so we were working in the bear pit and not thinking God. much of anything, like, wow, this is cool, there are bears, like, and we obviously, they know, they work on films, these are, <laughs> they get it. And there was one moment, yeah. and Christina um, Applegate uh, uh, made a move, and one went, and yeah. all the wranglers ran in, and they calmed her down, Whoa. and all of a sudden, all of us shit ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they're like, you're not working with the bears anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah. none of us got in the pit with them. And it was Crazy. all of a sudden, what was, oh, yeah. yeah, this is fun, and nothing became terrifying. Yeah. No, it's crazy, the situation, and the animals they put in, you in there with. Do you know, this is an interesting fact. If you've ever seen, up until now, and they can CGI them, up until that point, if you ever saw a gorilla in a movie, it was a guy in a suit. It was a, because you couldn't have a full-grown gorilla. They were too gorilla. dangerous, the gorillas, to have too, on way set? Way too dangerous. You just can't have a gorilla. And there's a whole subset of stuntmen who are ape sort of ape actors. They do all this kind of ape acting and stuff like that. What about that. chimps? Chimps are also very dangerous. You I think had to work with some chimps one time, and the, you can have the chimp until they're about, I, I don't know, they, they, they can't really, past infancy, you just can't use them because they're, they're nuts. But what about though, orangutans? Well, I was gonna tell you, I worked, I worked, well, the chimp I worked with, I did work with a little chimp. It was still terrifying. It still comes up and looks you in the eye, and it's like, <laughs> It could eat my face <laughs> right down to the bone if it wanted to. And it's like, it's like concrete. It's so strong. It's like, no, this, we shouldn't have this here at all. Orangutans are interesting. I worked with an orangutan once, and that was the closest thing to something. It was so humanoid. <laughs> it was so humanoid, and it was so fucking bored. It was just like... <laughs> And I had to do this thing putting electrodes on this orangutan. And he would just kind of look at me, and he was really like, and, I'd, and he got really good at knowing when I had to put it on his wrist, and he would kind of be looking at me, and he would just kind of put his wrist out like this. <laughs> looking at me like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> like, they're so human and really remarkable. They're supposed to be the smartest. Because the they, orangutans, yeah. Because they imitate 
people's behavior immediately. They see an, they, like, you know, they see you do something and they, and they do it. I worked with some baboons once. This should give you a, a measure of the. Oh, wow. this, should, this should give you haven't this, worked with this should give you a measure of the films I've been in. <laughs> of the fine motion pictures I've been in. All of the primate films that I've been in. A lot of comedies, a lot of comedies. Because monkeys are funny, Paul. Monkeys are very funny. And so I had to work primate with parts. <laughs> yes, yes. I had to work with some baboons once. And they were intense. And they had two of them, a, a male and a female, and the female was for further away because they're scarier. They're actually wow. more violent, and it's bigger. And that thing got loose one day, and the same thing. They were like, that's a wrap for the day because <laughs> it was somewhere in the set running around. But, but, but the other one, in this film, they had trained this monkey baboon to load and aim a pistol. Oh, my God. At me. <laughs> and I remember the first time I was like, oh, that's funny, that's amazing. You trained that baboon to load and aim a fucking pistol at me. I was like, now it knows, and it's not ever going to forget. And if it sees a bunch of bullets yeah. in a gun, it's just going to go, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. Where's that guy? Where's that... Where's that two-bit character actor guy? <laughs> he's going to come looking for me. Someday he's going to ring my doorbell and just be up there. But I thought, that's insane that, you, that you've done that. Do, do they retire these chimps, like, on a farm somewhere, like, after? <laughs> that's so fucked up, and I think it's true, actually. I do think that these things retire. You know, like, them. SAG has, like, a working actor's home. <laughs> like, that that's actor's where... home. It's a really, it's a very, very poorly funded... Uh, <laughs> Home for retired I do, animals. unfortunately. Yeah. I think actually it is sort of like, and every now and then you'll read about like Cheetah, the famous yeah. monkey in the Tarzan films has passed away, you know, because they're somewhere, they're, they're being taken care of somewhere. It's I was important. on a plane once with, with Lassie. Really? I was got huh. on a plane once cool. and Lassie was flying first class, <laughs> sitting on the seat. Uh, I was like, what? Whoa! And uh, as a, like, a kid, they're like, it's Lassie. Lassie's on this flight. <laughs> Lassie? And, Lassie. And uh, I got to meet Lassie, and they had a, they, a card with a paw print on it. Oh. It was like it was an autograph. Oh, it was Lassie. It was the, and so I got it. I was like, Wait a minute. Super... What was this, 1954? What were you like? Flying Pan Am to like, I mean, where the hell did you see Lassie? What is Lassie? What the fuck has Lassie yeah. been around? It, it what was, was the well, last time anybody realized, saw Lassie? When I realized I'm walking down, and my dad goes like, that's like the ninth Lassie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Those dogs actually freak me out. Again, it's super un-American. Collies really freak me out for some reason. They're, they're so strange looking in those kind of weird pointy faces. So Lassie, Lassie makes me smart uneasy. dogs, Collies. Are they? I think they are. My uh, grandparents had a collie, reports. and it died, and they had it stuffed and put in the living room. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing is stuffing the pet is a... Uh, it's know. a thing. The stuffed pet thing? You wouldn't go that far? No. You no. wouldn't do that? Nobody didn't would didn't do Barbara that? Streisand clone her dogs? Come on. Really? Yeah. Barbara Streisand cloned her dogs. A while ago, kind of before cloning became really good. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was like she had a name research team. Like, she was like one of the first... I think, right? That's so crazy. 
I, I mean, and, and are they kind of, is it really going to be the same dog? It's not really going to be the well, same dog. Well, I think dog. it looks exactly the same. That's so bizarre. I think I'd be all right with stuffing my cat and putting it on the mantelpiece. It's a beautiful cat. Well, would you clone yourself so that if you had some kind of problem, you could replace your organs with your cloned self's organs? Would I clone myself? I might clone myself. I think I'd be interested yeah, yeah. to clone myself. Just, you mean just for parts? Yeah, exactly, for parts. Yeah. I think I probably would if it would work. Yourself. Yeah. I think would so, you really? Keep it in shape, you know, running around the track. Well, it's, it's just, just kind of like hooked up in the back. You have a little room that he's, the, the clone me sits in, kept in a, like a, like a hyperbaric chamber, so I'm cold. But you're, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's like I need a fresh. kidney or I need something. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Get wait a minute. it out of clone That's me. What I'm but your clone has to grow up, right? I mean, it's not like Invasion yes. of Body Snatchers. Your clone just doesn't like, like come out fully formed and it's you, right? So, so what's the point Young to getting clone. the clone? Because oh, what, am I going to get a tiny kidney? A baby, no. a baby you. Would you have well, a baby? Would, a baby, you'd have one of your own baby kidneys. <laughs> exactly. That's so it's true. Like, you would have... I would have to wait for the clone to grow up. What would be the point of that? It wouldn't, it that doesn't, there's no point to it. Well, it's a stupid like idea, a... Steve. It's a stupid idea. Okay, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> Don't do it, Steve. Don't okay, do it. You have to fine. wait years for the kid to grow up. I'm just trying to share and... a little wisdom here, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I wanted to just read some of these. I'm going back to this because I, I did research. <laughs> did and I want to like actually. Don't but waste it, the When research. we were talking about public speaking, it made me think of this which is hippopotamo monsterosesquipedalia phobia. Holy shit. I can't believe you pronounced it. Hippopotamonsterosesquipedalia phobia is fear of long words, <laughs> which I think is essentially fear of public speaking, but it's a fear of long words, which raises the question to me is, who is the guy who thought it would be funny <laughs> to make the phobia such a long word you can't pronounce it? And I'm like, is that the, exp the exposure therapy is right in the word? It's right there. I just thought that was very funny. Um, there's a lot of weird phobias here. Emetophobia is a fear of vomiting, which, which apparently is very rare. Um, and it's, I don't know whether it's a fear of yourself vomiting or watching other people vomit or something like that. I don't know. Why are you looking at me? You guys are both looking at me in the vomit question. We just assume you have the answers. Okay. What, what do you think about ghosts, Paul? Are you, uh, do you think they're likely, they're, they're real? What's your sense of it? You know, um, I, I try to be, I, I think that, I try to think rational about this. I got, I, I've been asked this kind of thing before. I think that there's a lot of things we don't understand and that energy, um, never goes away, so it, you know, if a person was here, there's still, the energy from that person is still here, and, or, um, but I don't, like I've never, like if you wake up at night and the woman in the Civil War dress comes to the foot of your bed, uh, which has never happened to me, but I've had experiences, I've had some crazy experiences in my life, I really, I really have. I tend to get, I, I, I think I tend to veer more scientific, more like what's skeptical. the scientific yeah. reasoning behind them? I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our whole show, is all the shit we don't understand. Yeah, it's um, all the shit we don't understand. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, but what you're kind of saying is like, at some level, energy is not, is indestructible at some level. Something always survives. 
There's something. Well, that yes, can't be. I th- I, and so you know, um, that's that's true. That's obviously true. But the, you know, I've had like you could right down to the Ouija board thing to mm. I've had very strange. You've done the Ouija board thing a lot. Do you? Not a lot. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there are certain things that have happened, and there are certain things that happened to me that I, I just I yeah. hesitate to go into because it's really crackpotty, weird stuff. But like. Uh, it, you know, I was like, well, what's the explanation for this? Yeah. And I don't understand what the explanation could be. Um, and I don't know if anyone could really describe what that is. I think our brains are powerful. We uh, can conjure and... Yeah, well, we were talking about that, about like the, your, your imagination is vast. People's imaginations are vast. What our brains to, are, are capable yeah. of, you know, when it comes to like ch- channeling or, mm-hmm. you know, writing things, things out um, uh, on paper. Uh, uh, what you opening. can convince yourself that you actually believe. I mean, it's like you, you can... We were talking about, even, about how even, malleable people's minds are, how, how easily people can convince themselves of things or be convinced of things is, yeah. is vast, infinite a, a power to mold people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> I got very serious, Paul. This is the most serious you and I have ever been with each other. Yeah. We are chin wagging. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Very serious chin wag. Chin wag is a production of Treefort Media and Touchy Feely Films, hosted and executive produced by Paul Giamatti and Stephen Asma. Executive producers for Treefort are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. Dan Carey is executive producer for Touchy Feely. Our series producer is Rachel Whitley Bernstein. Original theme music by Luke Topp with additional music by Via Mardot. Oscar Guido is our executive in charge of production. Tom Monahan is head of audio for Treefort. Animation created by Alex Sokol. Editing and mixing by Jeff Neal. Lastly, for more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find us on Instagram or TikTok at ChinwagPod or on Twitter at Chinwag underscore pod. Oh, my stars, Steve. My stars and stripes. We have some exciting news. Shall we tell them? We should reveal that Chinwag is hitting the road again and going on a West Coast tour. Yes, that's right. If you missed us in your fair city, truly, friends, don't fret, don't fear. Don't have a panic attack. (laughs) Do not panic. We will be recording live chinwags in May in Los Angeles, Portland, and Seattle. Yes. In L.A., we'll be at Dynasty Typewriter on May 14th. You can go to chinwagpod.fm slash Los Angeles for tickets. And on May 16th, we're going to be in Portland at Revolution Hall. For those tickets, go to chinwag.fm slash Portland. And we'll be at Town Hall, the great town hall in Seattle on May 17th. For tickets to that, go to chinwagpod.fm slash Seattle. You do not want to miss this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be mighty, mighty. So get your tickets at chinwagpod.fm and we will see you there. Come on out, waggers. Come out, waggers. Come out. (laughs) Come out of hiding! (laughs) 